What is up to all my Uptempo Podcast listeners? Man, tonight it is Sunday, January the 30th. We're at 10.30 p.m. Central Time. I'm coming to you guys tonight to talk about the hellacious weekend in the sports world that we just got to watch. And to all my Auburn people, I want to I break down the Bruce Pearl and the Louisville rumors and the contract extension. And then I want to talk about the SEC and Big 12 challenge. And the SEC proving to the world that they are the best basketball conference in the country. And then I want to talk a little bit about the Joe Burrow to the Super Bowl. And, you know, I called it, and I had a previous episode earlier this week, and, and I just gave a little gave a little insight to, to Joe Burrow and everything he's been through. And, and how, could you, how could you pick against this guy, man? How could you pick against him? Because I can't, and I didn't today. Even when he got down twenty-one to three, I couldn't. I couldn't bet against him. I was in a group message, and all these guys were, "Oh, it's over. It's over." Patrick Mahomes is about to put up forty. He might put up fifty. I said, "No, no. Hey, first quarter, second quarter. Hey, lot of game left, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it on this episode. And you can't go against him. He he is the face of the NFL right now. I know some people don't want to hear it." Some people don't want to hear it, but Joe Burrow has taken over the NFL and he is the face of the National Football League. He is the new guy in his second year. Also want to give a big congrats to Matt Stafford and the Rams for taking down the 49ers. Shanahan with another late blown lead in a big time game. But Matt Stafford, Sean McVay, all those guys, that nasty defense, the weapons on offense, congrats to Matt Stafford. Everything he went through in Detroit, finally getting to go out to L.A., get weapons around him, get a defense, a complete team. Uh, Just so happy for him for everything he's been through on the field in Detroit, everything he's been through off the field. If you haven't read up on Matt Stafford's journey, go do it. Uh, and, and just super excited for Matt Stafford. Uh, can't can't say that enough. But first, I want to talk a little bit about the Bruce Pearl to Louisville rumors and the contract extension. And, you know, when all this broke out, me and me and my guy D-Lane, my brother, my, my one of my co-hosts on this show, we were talking and he was like, man, he was like, do you really think Bruce would go to Louisville? And I said, no. Why why would Bruce Pearl go to Louisville? All right. They have NCAA sanctions looming around the program. We don't know when they're coming, but they're probably coming, folks. All right. They have no athletic director. And if I'm not mistaken, they don't have a president of their university right now. My final thing is, is, is Louisville really a better job than Auburn right now? Because I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't. Historically, yes. Historically, yes. It is a better job. Right now, no. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I don't think it is. So, then my brother responds to me and says, Hey, don't you think it's funny that all this happened when Auburn gets number one? The week that Auburn gets to number one after they knock off Kentucky, a blue blood program, then they jump Gonzaga in the polls, 
a new blood program that has been around here recently in, in big-time college basketball games and national championships. They jump Gonzaga, get 45 first-place votes, and all of a sudden, hey, here it is. Bruce Pearl's leaving. He don't want to be at Auburn no more. It, you know, there's people up in Kentucky on sports radio and, and news anchors, and uh, Bruce Pearl has come in contact with Louisville, and they there's mutual in, uh, mutual interest, and Bruce Pearl's leaving Auburn. Bruce Pearl was never leaving Auburn. He wasn't leaving Auburn. It wasn't happening. I hate it for you. It wasn't happening. There wasn't mutual interest. It just wasn't. Why would Bruce Pearl leave Auburn? You get treated like Nick Saban does at Alabama. That's what Auburn fans think of Bruce Pearl. He is Auburn's Nick Saban in basketball. That's what he is. I'm I'm dead ass. I'm dead ass. Tell me I'm wrong. That's how Auburn views Bruce Pearl. They love him. I love him. I'm thankful for him. I think he's one of the greatest things to ever happen to, to Auburn University. Why would he leave to go to Louisville? Makes no sense. Like D-Lane said, it's funny that it all happened the week that Auburn jumped to go to number one. They go to Missouri and escape with a one-point victory, and then all of a sudden this happens, and you're, it's like you're trying to derail Auburn's season. Hey, we don't want Auburn anywhere near the national championship game. Just say that. Just come out and say that because that's what I would rather you do. Hit me with the truth, folks. Hit me with the truth. I, don't BS me and say, oh, there's mutual interest. Bruce Pearl wanted no part of Louisville. And I'm hitting you with facts. I'm hitting you with facts. He wanted no part of Louisville, Kentucky. Because it's not a better job right now. Historically, yes. Right now, no. Bruce Pearl in Atlanta, an hour and a half away, killing recruiting. Killing it. Just plucking Atlanta's best players. Hey, you, here. Auburn, right down the street. Come be a lottery pick. Come be a number one overall pick. Let's go to the NCAA tournament. Let's let's win 25-plus games a year. Hey, Louisville, what are you doing? Not winning 25-plus games a year. Whew. Just wanted to address that, and 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 then you know you know Friday night Auburn welcomes in Alabama with the gymnastics and and Auburn Arena just slam packed full. Alan Green comes over the jumbotron and announces that Bruce Pearl is locked up for life at Auburn. And I'm telling you, I was jumping up and down in my bedroom Friday night. Jumping up and down. I've been calling for a lifetime contract since the Final Four run. Okoro, when you get to see guys play like that at Auburn, Chumo, Kiki, lifetime contract, people. Auburn hasn't been to where they are right now in basketball consistently. Auburn is, I think over the past five years, they're the winningest program in the SEC. He has flipped it upside down and inside out. Lifetime contract. I think the deal is for eight years. He'll be 70 in eight years. 
And like I've said before, like I've said before, Bruce out, Stephen in. Bruce out, Stephen in. Eight years down the road, bang. I'm I'm telling you, the Pearls are going to be around Auburn for a long time, in my opinion. That is what I truly believe. I truly believe it. I think the Pearl family loves Auburn. They want to be in Auburn. Auburn is the place that that took a chance on Bruce when the NCAA was trying to ruin his name. And that's how I feel about it. And and I think that's why he, he – it didn't take much. It didn't take much. Auburn said, hey, here's your money. He said, hey, I'm here for life. Let's sign the line, get it over with, and let's go win the national championship. At least get back to a Final Four. Auburn takes down Alabama in gymnastics. The place is rocking, swag surfing. Just Auburn Arena is electric right now, people. It's electric. And it's all because... Bruce Pearl getting off that plane in 2014 and what he has created. It's absolutely electric. I mean, he deserves every penny that he gets. And it's absolutely incredible. And I love him being Auburn's basketball coach. I absolutely love it. And, and, you know, moving into what happened Saturday with the SEC Big 12 Challenge, the SEC proven to – Everybody in the country that they are the best basketball conference in the country. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. I know it hurts. If you're outside of SEC country, I know it hurts. But the SEC proved it once again that they're the best basketball conference in the country. You look at the coaches in the conference. You look at the players in the conference. You look at the wins Saturday over the Big 12. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I want to hear it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be open, open ears, open discussion. Let's talk. If you want to argue, give me a conference. You want to give me the Big Ten? We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Cause what I saw from Kentucky Saturday night at Kansas, woo, y'all, they look like a one seed. They look like a pissed off bunch. And, and and they look ready to make a run in March. I'm telling you. I am telling you. Shebway, Oscar Shebway, man, the Grady kid hitting the threes. I mean, that stroke is just pure filthy smooth. I mean, uh, getting Ty Ty Washington back, Wheeler. I mean, y'all, they look good. I'm telling you, Coach Cal's got them playing. Very, very good on the defensive end. And Shebway, there was a possession the other night. I think he got three or four offensive rebounds in one possession down the court. And then he he hit a tip back and, and flexed on the whole arena or field house or whatever they call it out there in Kansas. <laughs> They're good. They're good, I'm telling you. They're They're going to go deep in March. Auburn could meet back up with them in the tournament again like they did a couple years ago. Kentucky's going to be <laughs> – they could they could, they could, could dance to one shining moment. And, and 
I, I think another team in the SEC that could be a tough out, and that's Alabama. You you saw them play Saturday. I mean, let's let don't get it twisted now. Don't get it twisted. They worked Baylor. They worked Baylor for forty minutes. J.D. Davidson, you had the game of your life, kid. You keep playing like that, Alabama's going to be another tough out. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Javon Quinterly, Shackelford, Davison. If those three guys are on their game, it elevates everybody else on that Alabama team. Ellis, man, I'm telling you that you don't want to. You don't want to see him in March. One of my guys on D, uh, DG, we talk about it all the time. He says, "Hey, you don't want to see Alabama in March." I wouldn't want to run into him on the bracket. I can tell you that, especially with JD Davison playing with that much confidence, man. That was, I'm telling you, that was hell of a performance. One hell of a performance. That kid was doing it all. And if he plays like that night in, night out, <laughs> it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Um, and, and then Auburn just throttling Oklahoma. I mean, just an absolute beatdown. 86-68. Uh, we're going to talk about it, break it down a little bit. I'm going to give my thoughts. On, on some of the things AU's way. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm just – I'm super proud of the SEC. Florida coming back and getting a victory. Ole Miss, um, they looked impressive. Man, I'm just so proud of the SEC. And, and, you know, a lot of people – a lot of people hate us. And, and they hate the dominance. But, hey, if you hate it, do something about it. Do something about it. So, you know, I, I, I like I said, I want to break down the Auburn uh, victory over Oklahoma. Auburn moves to 20-1. and one. It was an 86-68 victory over Oklahoma. Once again, man, Walker Kessler, 9 of 11 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3. He had 9 rebounds with 21 points. Uh, we're going to talk about a big shot that Walker hit, in my opinion, that really – opened up the floodgates in the game when Oklahoma kind of made a, a little push in the second half and, and they cut it within three. And, and then, you know, uh, we'll talk about that. And Jabari Smith, Hey, earlier in the week, he struggled at Missouri two of 15 from the floor off night, just couldn't get anything going. And then he comes out Saturday. We knew Oklahoma was in trouble. We said it earlier and he put on an absolute clinic. He was playing with his food. Some of the shots that he hit were just NBA quality. Yes, NBA quality. The dude is a freak. Uh, he had, he was 6 of 14 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3. He had 12 rebounds, crashing the glass with 23 points. KD Johnson, he's our psycho. We know what he can do. Uh just three of nine from the field, two of five from three. He had 13 points. My biggest one that I really want to talk about, Zepp Jasper. <laughs> Never really gets the love that he deserves, and I keep saying it on this show. Three of six from the field, nine points. Hellacious defense in the second half from Zepp Jasper. Go back and watch the film, the tape, whatever you want to call it. Zepp Jasper is that guy on, on Auburn's team. Just, man. Hellacious on the defensive end, wreaks havoc. Uh, and Devin Cambridge, th- another one that I want to talk about, Devin Cambridge. 
the offensive rebounds in the second half from Devin Cambridge. Like I said in Missouri the other night, he saved us the game, and we'll talk about it in just a minute. He saved us. He had he had five rebounds, and four of them were offensive rebounds. And when uh, when Oklahoma made a little run, Cambridge he saved the game. Um, and and the next guy I want to talk about on Auburn's team is I look Alan Flanagan. I know he's getting healthy. He looks healthier. He looks like he's not bothered by that Achilles anymore. But Flanagan, in my opinion, is trying to match what he did last year. He's trying to get to the rim. He's trying to he he he's being too aggressive to get to the rim. And and we don't need that this year. We don't need Flanagan going out of control to the rim and turning the ball over. We don't need that. We need that 15-foot jumper in the teeth of the defense from Flanagan that he so loves to knock down. That is the Allen Flanagan that we need. We don't need Allen Flanagan hitting threes. We don't need him driving out of control to the rim and dishing uh, out of bounds for a turnover or losing his dribble or whatever. We don't need that. And and I think he's trying to force it a little too much and give us what we saw last year. And with Auburn's team this year, we don't need Flanagan to be like that. I really want you on the defensive end more than anything because that's where I love you is on the defensive end. And he struggled his past two games. He has struggled, and and I really hope Bruce can get him locked in before March because he's a big part of the team, huge part of the team. But uh, AU had a 12-point lead at half. They really controlled the first half. They were hitting big shots. Um 39 to 27 going in at half. And then, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the run that OU made. They started hitting shots, and, and and Auburn got in a little sloppy phase like they always do. I've said it a million times on the show. Auburn will get up 12, 15 points, and they'll get really sloppy. Auburn will start turning the ball over. Uh, offensive possessions will get a little stagnant. And OU started coming down, and they started hitting some threes. And they cut it to three with about 12, I think 12, 30, 12 minutes left, somewhere around in that area. It was 50-47 game. And Auburn comes down, and Cambridge gets an offensive rebound. He gets fouled. Goes to the line. He hits two free throws. Devin Cambridge, two clutch free throws. Clutch free throws. Look. There's 11, 12 minutes left in the game, but those are clutch free throws, and Cambridge knocked them both down. Then we come back, and Cambridge gets another offensive rebound and hits an and one uh, putback and hits the free throw. Bang, that's five points right there. And and next thing you know, it's 55 to 47. And then Oklahoma, they hit back-to-back buckets. Uh, cut it to 55-51, and this is where I think the play of the game was made, is Walker Kessler's three, the dagger three. They dared him to shoot it, and he shot it, and he drained it. And and that's really when the floodgates opened. And Auburn went on a huge run. They opened it back up to 15-16, and, uh, and they, they never let it get close again. And 
once again, like we always say, Auburn can beat you in so many different ways. Um, and you saw that with Walker Kessler's big three, Devin Cambridge's offensive boards. They're just – it's tough, you know. I know some people thought that Oklahoma had a chance in this game, but there's no way it was a big mismatch. Uh, Auburn really uh, really played a damn good game besides that one little stretch there in the second half. But a uh, really solid performance from the SEC and super proud of Auburn moving to 20-1. and one. Uh, big game this week with Alabama uh, off their big win over Baylor. So really excited to see that. And, uh, man, just super excited, super excited for the Southeastern Conference. Uh, huge stuff over the Big 12. And uh, now moving on to, to Kansas City and, and Joe Burrow with Cincinnati. I, I told you guys that I wanted to talk a little bit about the AFC Championship game and and my previous episode during the week about Joe Burrow and everything he's been through in life and and coming from the small town and wanting to go to Nebraska where his dad played and they told him he wasn't good enough going to to Ohio State and having to sit the bench red shirt and being a backup behind JT Barrett transfers to LSU uh, gets the job comes out his second year at LSU and just lights the world on fire, wins the Heisman, wins the national championship, SEC championship, um, goes to Cincy in the draft, and over the offseason after his knee injury, all we hear is, hey, they need O-line, they need O-line. He says, nah, give me Jamar Chase, and let's make a run at this thing. So they get Jamar Chase, and how special has it been? We saw it today. We saw it today. When shit gets tight, you go to Mr. Chase. And that's what Joey B did. Um, and Kansas City come out, and it looked like it was about to be a rout. Looked like it was about to be a rout. Uh, I mean, KC drove right down the field. Ty Hill, 10-yard, tutty, uh, 7 nothing. Bengals did answer back with a field goal. Made it 7-3. They stalled out. Uh, McPherson, uh, tip your cap to McPherson. Every time his number's been called, he has drained every kick that he has been asked to drain. And uh, majority have been a majority of them have been right down the pipe. So, um, you know, Kansas City gets the ball back. They drive right back down the field. Mahomes with a little um, – I think it was a little shovel pass to Kelsey – he dives in, and uh, they go up 14-3. And then, man, Mahomes gets it back. He flips it out there to Hardman. Uh, and 21-3, to and, and you're sitting here with five minutes left in the second quarter right before half, and you're like, hey, man, it's going to be a rout. I was hearing it from a couple guys in our group. This game's over. And I said, hey, look, a wise man once told me the, mo- the, the most important – 10 minutes of a football game is the five minutes before half and the five minutes out of half. All right. The last five minutes of that second quarter and the first five minutes of that third quarter. Those that's the 10 most important minutes of a football game right there. He, they always told me that. And I tell you what, you look at five minutes left before half Joe drives Cincy down they hit Samaj P. Ryan. <clears throat> he takes it 41 yards to the house. And there's a minute left on the clock. And you're like, well, damn. 
Mahomes is going to go down there. He's going to kick a field goal. He might put seven up, and they might put a wrap and uh, might put a wrap on this game. Uh, on this game, and what do you know? Mahomes drives them down. Uh, Tyreek Hill goes to the end zone. Apple mugs him. Um, they get a pi call, moves it down to the one yard line, and here is where the Bengals won the football game, in my opinion, or went on to believing that they could win the football game, as that is what I should say. Um, They get to the one, and with nine seconds left, Kansas City, they're going to take a shot in the end zone. Mahomes rolls left, doesn't see anything, throws it in the turf. They live to fight another day. Okay, here's my thing. Andy Reid, (laughs) you're up 21 to 10. Get the points. Get the points. Don't chase points. I always live by that in football. Do not chase for points. Do not try to be greedy. Get points when you can. You're in a big-time game. Hey, if this is the regular season, I'm not mad about it. Do what you do, all right? I'm cool with it if it's the regular season. This is the AFC Championship. Let's get to three, Andy. Let's get to three points and go up 14, all right? that It was a back-breaking drive regardless. Right before half, even if you get three points right there, Cincinnati's going, man, we just got momentum. And then we let Kansas City drive it right down our throat with a minute left, and they get three points. And they get the ball coming out of the second half. Now, if you didn't get the ball coming out of the locker room, then, hey, I might not be so mad about it. But I I, I don't get it. I don't get why you, why you went for it there. And then – Mahomes checking it down to Tyreek Hill. And, hey, say what you want to about Eli Apple, but he saved the game for Cincy. He saved the game with the open field tackle on Tyreek Hill. He saved the game. Say what you want to about him. I know he's been burnt a thousand times in coverage, but, hey, say what you want to. He saved the game for the Bengals. Um, And then, you know, coming out of half, man, it looked like a, a different Bengals defense. Uh, Kansas City's first two drives in the second half, five plays, 16, uh, 16 yards, five plays, 17 yards. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Bengals drive down, and they kick a 31-yard field goal. They cut it to within eight. And then next thing you know, Kansas City gets the ball. We were waiting on it. When's the turnover coming? And B.J. Hill out of old NC State gets up, makes a play, gets his mitts on the ball, picks off Mahomes. Huge play. You can see the the Bengals sideline erupt. I mean, they went absolutely ballistic. Uh, and and right there, man, that's that that momentum, that momentum. And you could just see you could just see Joe Burrow, cool, calm, collective, stepped out on the field. And it was the Burrow and Chase show. Burrow finds Chase over in the left corner, um, threw the little fade to him. Chase went up and got it. Uh, they they get the two and tie ball game, 21-21. Now you're looking at those three points before half. And you're scratching your head. You're going, ah, damn, man, probably should have kicked it, right? Right, you should have. Uh, and, then, and then you got um, the Chiefs go three and out. Offense, just sputtering, sputtering. Uh, and then, you know, the Bengals get the ball back, and you're thinking, hey, Joey B's about to go down here and score in first play. <coughs> Dude made a hell of a play. 
and and pick Burrow off. And and then, you know, the Chiefs have great field position, and you're sitting there thinking, hey, now it's Pat's turn. Pat's about to go down here, and he's about to he's about to score and, and lead the Chiefs back to the Super Bowl. And hey, Chiefs, another three and out. It looked like a completely different Bengals defense, man. For real. Um, just I can't say enough about them. And uh, and then, you know, the Bengals, they drive down and, and they have a penalty. I think it was a false start penalty, delay a game. I'm not sure. I think it was a false start penalty. Um, but once again, McPherson, man, comes out, 52-yarder. He nails it. Gives the Bengals the the 24-21 lead. There's six minutes left. And what do you know? Mahomes does what Mahomes does. Drives down. And here, right here, Mahomes gets inside the four. And takes back-to-back sacks. And I, I think Kansas City was a little too worried about the clock. They were a little too worried about the clock. And, and you could hear Romo and um, talking about, well, you don't want to score too quick. Man, just score. Just score. Just score and play defense. Ultimately, in my opinion, it's what cost you the game because you were so worried about the clock and everything. Just get the ball in the end zone. Do what you got to do. And you taking two sacks, he almost cost them the game in regulation because he lost the football uh, scrambling around trying to be Houdini and uh, you know Butker he he nailed his field goal it was 45 yards or 40 yards or something like that uh, and sends it to OT and we get to the famous coin toss the overtime rules Kansas City wins the toss and in the back of your mind you're like here we go so (laughs) Mahomes the stadium erupts Mahomes is getting the ball. You see Joe Burrow's face. Man, he he's like, hey, I'm about to be Josh Allen. I'm not going to get a chance. This sucks. Our season's about to end. And what do you know, man? What do you know? The Bengals doing what the Bills couldn't. They step up. They make a play. They get a pick off Mahomes. And now you see Joe Burrow. What I told you earlier in the week, don't, don't pick against Joe Burrow. Don't do it. Don't do it. He's been through too much, people. And Burrow comes down. It was a, uh, I believe it was a Joe Mixon show. You know, Joe Mixon. Um, and, and, and T. Higgins was another one. Played out of his mind. Played out of his mind. And they get down there and McPherson sends them to the Super Bowl. And, man, just in his second year. In his second year, going to the Super Bowl, absolutely insane. Uh, has has changed that franchise culture, <coughs> excuse me, and has become the face of the NFL. Like I said earlier, he is the face of the NFL, and there's no denying it. And super super pumped for him. Uh, loved I loved picking him because I can't go against him. Not after everything he's been through, the battles. Um, the injury last year, coming back, uh, getting chase, and and just making all this happen, man, just absolutely incredible. Uh, so you know, hey, congrats to the Bengals, man. <laughs> Going Joe Shiesty, taking them to the Super Bowl, uh, facing the Rams. 
Like I said earlier, the Rams, that defense with Von Miller, Aaron Donald, um, Ramsey, man, just absolutely loaded over there. You got uh, Stafford, OBJ, Cooper Cup, uh, Jefferson, man, they're they're loaded on offense. This is going to be a damn good, good, damn good Super Bowl. Damn good Super Bowl, I'm telling you. Uh, it's going to be fireworks. It's out in L.A., man, you got the sunshine, the beach, the palm trees, uh, Hollywood. Uh, just what a setting for the Super Bowl. The brand-new stadium, SoFi Stadium, what a setting. Couldn't ask for it any better. That's what we want to see. And, uh, man, Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow. Hey, by the way, two SEC quarterbacks. <laughs> like I said earlier, complete domination. All right? Complete domination from top to bottom in whatever sport you want to call it. All right? You call it, and and the SEC will come play it. Two SEC quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. I don't know what else you want me to tell you. Domination, baby. The Southeastern Conference. But, hey, I appreciate you guys joining me. Uh, if you're listening to this on a Monday morning, uh, you know, after you get done, just go to Apple, Spotify, whatever. Leave a review, written review, five-star review. Uh, and, hey, man, I appreciate you guys listening. This all wouldn't be possible if it weren't for you guys. Uh, tuning in, downloading, liking, subscribing. Uh, go check out the Uptempo podcast page on Facebook, Twitter. And if you want some merch, uh, go to Etsy. We have uh, at the Uptempo pod. That's the uh, Etsy page. We got a couple uh, Bama hoodies that I made up, some Auburn hoodies that I made up, some Uptempo podcast stuff, hats, beanies, sweatshirts, whatever you guys want. It's all up there. Go check it out. Hey, Appreciate you guys for listening. I'll catch you on the next one. I'm out.